Well, welcome to another Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here, and we have great resources to share with you today. Great resource. How great, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Um, there's a new book out by a woman by the name of Dr. Carol Tanksley, and she is an OBGYN. She has an MD, but she also has a doctorate of ministry as well. She's an author, speaker, podcaster, uh, an expert on uh, the topic of integrated wholeness for body, mind, and soul. And the fact that she has a brand new book out that talks about physical intimacy, I think is important for us in the body of Christ. The idea that she has a, um, well, that she's looking at this uh, issue of sex and intimacy from a spiritual perspective is, I I think it's going to be life-changing for a lot of our listeners. She's written a book called Sex Spectations, you know, instead of expectations, sex spectations, reframing your good and not so good stories about God, love, and relationships. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Couldn't get her on time for Valentine's Day, but that's okay, uh, because this is a big topic anyway. And we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book that we're giving away today here on Everyone Wednesday. So I want to give you a chance to get into this first and foremost and start calling 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line because I know you're going to benefit from this book and you're going to love I've got a chance to meet Dr. Tanksley. She's a very fascinating woman. She's going to join us in the second segment of today's program and we'll probably talk for a half hour or so about the good bad the indifferent of what our views about sex actually tell us about our relationship with god or how we think about him so 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line for the book sex expectations by dr carol tanksley it's a good book and i think you're going to enjoy this conversation um, one of the sex expectations that we see in the culture right now is that people can be whatever gender they want to be. People can have intimacy with whomever they want to, and, and this is somehow some, some kind of divine right. Well, first and foremost, let's get something perfectly clear. Um, though we are seeing more and more people identify as transgender and want to do things to alter their physical bodies to accommodate those, uh, uh, those desires, those emotional pleas, God created male and female. Full stop. If God is the creator of the universe, he created Adam and Eve, and he created male and female, Adam with the XY chromosomes and Eve with the XX. He created a way for them to procreate, he, for, to grow closer to each other in intimacy. He literally placed them in paradise and said, do whatever you want in terms of you know, eating and middling about. You, know, you have dominion over all the creatures, everything in here. Just don't eat of the tree, of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And next thing you know, what's the first one? The serpent comes up and says, did God really say that? And you know how it all works. Uh, from there, Eve takes the app, the, the fruit, excuse me, a big sky Jatani Holy Post <laughs> podcast on this. Well, they never called it an apple, so therefore most Christians don't know the Bible. And it's like, well, well, okay, the fruit. It was a big fish that swallowed Jonah, not a whale. The fruit, not an apple that they took. The, the, the point isn't what kind of fruit did they have. The point is the fruit of the tree gave them the knowledge of good and evil and basically put mankind in the same category as God. So God said, you're out of the garden. That's very serious stuff. Gentle parenting God was not into <laughs> back in the day. Adam and Eve said once and that's it. Out you go. 
But since then, people have been left to their own devices. I mean, obviously, there's God's natural law written on the hearts of men and women, has been ever since the creation of the first man and woman. But as you see in culture, I mean, we see this written about in Scripture, there were people who were, what did Paul say, exchanging natural desires for unnatural uh, in their bodies, receiving the full penalty in their bodies. I mean, let's face it, we have venereal disease because some guys out in the hillside, you know, decided that uh, physical intimacy with another person wasn't good, so they got involved with, you know, animals and things like that. I mean, that's where that stuff comes from. That's not said to shock, that's just a, a, a statistical reality. And in the same way, you know, the, the idea that, you know, all of a sudden there's this big uprising of people who are lesbian, gay, or bisexual, that's, look at scripture. Temple male prostitutes. I mean, the, the, those are the things that people will argue with you about to try to get you to believe that the Bible doesn't really condemn homosexuality, but rather they condemn men offering themselves up as prostitutes at the temple because the prostitution was wrong, but not the fact that it was men having sex with men. I'm really trying to split hairs there. And that's the same mentality that says, well, you know, whenever you hear about uh, uh, pedophile priests, for example, um, male priests who are abusing young boys, the gay lobby will come up and say, boy, that church abuse is really bad. Church abuse, church abuse, church abuse. But they'll do everything they can to distance themselves from the fact that the abuse was a man committing a crime against a boy homosexuality being played out there uh, no it's not that it's 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 papal abuse it's it's religious abuse it's not homosexual abuse so there's always going to be someone who's going to try to split hairs but we've had these issues for as long as we've had people what makes the whole issue with transgenderism so uh frustrating i think for a lot of people is I'm sure there have been throughout history people who felt a certain way and decided they wanted to act. Was that, that, that movie that was made years ago about that guy who, um, uh, the Danish girl, that, that movie, where the guy starts posing as a, a, a model for his wife, but she's looking for a woman to do it, and he starts dressing like the woman, and he winds up becoming you know, someone, one of the first people to engage in this type of surgery that transgenderism doesn't happen naturally. I mean, we have to understand that. You know, if, if, if God created people to be that way, why would he force them to go through surgical stuff to get to that way? I mean, that's, that, I think that's just a fair and logical question to ask people in a same-sex relationship. You know, if God created these desires for you, why does he exclude you from physical intimacy and reproduction and, and the types of things that he created for a husband and wife to enjoy and saw that it was good, you don't get the same opportunities if you're in a same-sex relationship. So why would you look at that and say, well, God created that and that's also good. It's like, well, no, it's not really. You don't get the full extent of the value of the relationship. And so what we're seeing now is yet there was yet another story. Some boy uh, who uh, had been on the boys track team and was a high jumper or something like that and uh, came in 60th at the state finals last year. And this year decided that he's now a girl, grew his hair out, uh, probably took a few hormone shots, competed in the girls event, and is now district champion. You know, um, it, we see the physical differences, whereas, you know, the, the, the guys were all jumping seven feet and this guy could barely clear five foot five or whatever it was. But then in the girls division, he was a champion. And so we see that happening more and more. And, and uh, 
athletes like Riley Gaines, for example, um, who uh, who's married. I'm sorry, I can't remember her uh, her married name, but she's she's the daughter of Rowdy Gaines, who's one of the analysts on NBC for like Olympic coverage and stuff. You're gonna hear her, Riley's dad um, doing the, uh, the the color commentary on all the swimming events for NBC uh, later this summer. But more and more people who are professional athletes, and more and more women are stepping up and stepping out. One of them now is Bethany Hamilton. You remember the name Bethany Hamilton? There was a time, maybe 10 years ago, where you could not open any Christian publication without seeing a picture of or an article about Bethany Hamilton. Bethany is the girl whose life was uh, profiled in the movie Soul Surfer. You may be, be, you may be familiar with the story. 13 years old, living in Hawaii. I think her family were part of the Calvary Chapel out there, or one of the Calvary Chapels out there. She was out surfing uh, with a, a, a friend, a girlfriend, and the girlfriend's father. And uh, I say girlfriend, female friend. And she um, was surfing, and there's sharks in the water. Everyone knows it. She got a little too close to one shark, and the shark literally leaped, leapt up out of the water and snatched her by the left arm. She pulled away. And just on sheer adrenaline, was able to get to the shore. Uh, the, her friend's dad kind of did a semi-tourniquet. They raced her to the hospital. They were able to stop the bleeding, but they had to, you know, she lost her left arm. About three weeks later, she went surfing again because she said, you know, I was 13, kind of compulsive. I had the chance to meet Bethany about 12 years ago at a religious broadcasting convention. And she's a powerful speaker, very, very compelling. And she said, look, I was 13. I, if I look at it now, there's no way I would have gone back in the water. But at 13, I thought, if I can't surf, I'm not alive. And so she did. Well, now Bethany Hamilton, uh, she, they made the movie Soul Surfer about her story. She's a very, very strong Christian. She and her husband now are the parents, I believe, of four children, at least three. And she is now on the warpath, though she did not set out to be on the warpath. But basically, uh, she is going to be appearing at an event in Wisconsin coming up in May and she's getting all sorts of backlash for it and the reason is the fact that they are uh, well she's been very outspoken about the fact that she does not believe that boys who want to identify as girls should be competing against girls a group of lgbt activists wrote a letter uh, petitioning uh, this organization to not let her uh, appear. They say her appearance is a serious problem. Quote, for those who may not be aware, Bethany Hamilton announced in February 2023 that she refuses to compete in World Surf League events in response to their decision to adopt the International Surfing Association policy on transgender participation. The policy allows trans-identified male athletes to compete against women in sporting events. The letter characterized Hamilton's opposition to allowing trans-identified men to surf against women as contrary to the mission of this organization she'll be doing uh, fundraising for. Uh, to, they, they say their stated goal is to improve the lives of women, girls, and all members of the community of uh, the county there through philanthropy, grant making, and education. The document claims that there are in fact no transgender athletes competing in the World Surf League and only one transgender athlete a longboard surfer called Sasha Jane Lowerson has ever won a professional surfing competition. But the name of the game is Bethany Hamilton just says, quite frankly, um, no. Men compete against men, women compete against women, full stop. Because she believes in the God of the Bible and the God of creation who created male and female, and that's it. 
and male doesn't move to female and female doesn't move to male. So please keep Bethany Hamilton and her family in your prayers. She's speaking out as a Christian, her deeply and sincerely held religious beliefs about masculinity, femininity, femininity, and and what it means to, well, in her case, be happily married and be a mom. She will only compete in competitions where they recognize that women compete against women, full stop. But such is the world that we live in here in the 21st century. And people have such crazy ideas about gender and about sex and sexuality. Is it possible that maybe you're bringing some of that cultural baggage into your marriage relationship? Dr. Carol Tanksley joins me next to talk about reframing your good and not so good stories about God, love, and relationships. She writes about it in her new book called Sexpectations, which we're giving away today here on Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line. More in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trust. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out so you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that pays even higher amounts for funds over 250,000. Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to talk about sex. I don't know how else to just cut to the chase. Let's just get right down to it and talk to the fact that sex is a big deal. And a lot of people are looking at it and saying, okay, well, there's a cultural problem that we have right now. There's so many people wrestling with, you know, the hookup culture or same-sex attraction or this, that, and the other thing. But when you start to look at this as, well, okay, if the way you look at sex is also kind of a reflection, maybe the way you look at God and love and relationships, then maybe you might want to take a deeper look. Uh, Dr. Carol Tanksley is with me today here on the program. She's written a book on the subject called Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Carol Tanksley, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. It's great to be with you. I am thrilled to be on The Bottom Line and connecting with your audience. Well, thank you. appreciate that. Author, speaker, podcaster, licensed OBGYN physician, and ordained minister, so an MD and a D-min, uh, which makes her somewhat of a glutton for punishment uh, you know, in terms of the uh, the amount of education that you've had to get. But when did this become an issue for you in terms of saying, hey, look, I think that we in the church need to take a fresh look at what healthy sexuality looks like because, well, we really don't have it the way we think we should. When I realized that it's about more than behaviors, I found myself at one point many years ago alone in a hotel room with a married man, and I knew all the right stuff. Mm -hmm. I had been raised in church from the time I was born. I read the Bible from the time I could read. And no, I hadn't engaged in sexual activities prior to this point. But what I knew logically, intellectually, was woefully lacking in its ability to deal with the matters in my heart. 
And as I dealt with my expectations after that encounter, and by the way, my clothes did not come off, mm-hmm. but it rocked my world. And I had to deal with my expectations. And I realized that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. That all the stuff the church has said, as good as it is, and I honor that, but there's there's something lacking in dealing with the matters of the heart that so many, and I contend essentially everybody, has to deal with around our sexuality, our need for intimacy, mm-hmm. sex and intimacy related, but not the same, and what God has to say about all of that. You know, it's interesting when you talk to people who might have engaged and gotten in a situation, found themselves the situation that you were, Dr. Tanksley, and then said, okay, well, I either gave into it or I didn't. But the big question is, well, how did we get here in the first place? It's a far cry from the sexual story God intends for us. And yet at the same time, I wonder, well, why is it that the church has a certain message? You know, a friend of mine works in youth ministry, and he said, you know, we send the wrong messages to kids all the time. We say, sex is bad, it's dirty, it's rotten and horrible. So save it for marriage when it becomes wonderful. And they're like, wait, it's the same act, you know, it's the same physical intimacy. So why should I, what does what the context matter? Talk about how our misunderstanding of what God intended for each of us in terms of sexual expression really does fuel this passion for porn or you know, different expectations yes. that people have. Think about the original story that we are all a part of. God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit experienced intimate oneness connection in eternity past. We Mm. could say they experienced infinite intimacy. That's who God is as a God of love. When he created human beings in his image, he could not create us in his image without building within us the need for intimacy, the need to see and be seen, to know and be known, to be connected. Evil comes And immediately everything changes. The first thing human beings do when they sin is hide in the bushes, fig leaves, uh, Mm -hmm. just the very verse before they were naked and not ashamed. You know, we have made these things uh, a, a lot about physical acts, but you cannot experience intimacy by taking the clothes only off your body. In that Mm. verse in Genesis, naked and not ashamed, the sense of even the original Hebrew is that not only were there no coverings over their body, there were no barriers between Adam and Eve on their bodies, minds, and souls too. Mm. And so as important as behaviors are, and behaviors matter, these matters of the heart must be dealt with. And the, the church is in some ways waking up a little bit, but my passion is that we can help people deal with these matters of the heart. Nobody wakes up one day and says, I'm going to get hooked on porn. Nobody wakes up one day and says, oh, I'm going to have a one-night stand, get pregnant, and then kill my baby in an abortion. Now, those are uh, kind of brash statements, but we all come from somewhere. We have a story, and that's what my passion is, to help people understand when Jesus comes into your story, things change. Mm-hmm. Love that. Dr. Carol Tanksley is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Sex Expectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. In the culture, it seems like the sex act or just any type of conversation about physical intimacy is so completely gone from any sort of biblical value that it really just has become cheap into something physical 
something re reflexive. My wife marvels every time we see something like recently there was the Super Bowl and you see uh, young women, especially gyrating up on stage saying, you right. know, I'm empowered and respect me, but here are my private parts. You know, at the same time, it just, right. it's, Talk, you write about this in, in the book, uh, Sexpectations, about how sex has lost its glory. Mm. Talk about what you mean by that. I would challenge any of our listeners to imagine the very best possible sexual experience that you could possibly imagine. You may never have had anything like that in your actual life, but right. imagine what would that involve? Uh, I imagine it would be um, connection, emotional safety, uh, closeness, uh, joy, exhilaration, uh, being uh, emptied and filled and everything good. Well, that's the picture of sex in Song of Songs, Song of mm -hmm. Solomon in, in the Bible. But then imagine the very worst possible sexual experience you've either had or could imagine. Trauma, pain, disconnection, disappointment, uh, and we could probably come up with a whole lot worse words. That is what evil has done to sex. So mm. it's not primarily about, you know, body parts and exchanging body fluids. The meaning underneath is what we're getting at. And again, I, I would challenge any of our listeners, if the story you have been living with around sex is adequate, uh, okay, but I think all of us know that this, the story we've been living with has not really been satisfying because we, we keep going to, to junk food for the nourishment our souls need and it, mm. it's not working. Wow. But that, that's, that's such a powerful word picture from Dr. Carol Tanksley today here on The Bottom Line about the sexpectations that we have as Christians. And we keep looking to junk food because we look at the culture and then or maybe we look at the Christian version of the junk food instead of seeing what this really, uh, really means. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do, I mean, sometimes it's a wrong biblical view of what God intended for physical intimacy. And let's face it too, there's sin in the world. People are victimized by abuse, by uh, verbal harassment, whatever it might be. And those expectations wind up clouding our view of what we think God had intended for sex. How, what do you recommend to somebody who has been a victim of trauma? Uh, sexual mm -hmm. abuse from any source, wherever it came from, at what age and stage too, because I'm sure that has something to do with it, to kind of own it, if you will, see what happened, okay, this is it, and then kind of move forward because that healing process, it is transformation, but it is something we have to choose to do, isn't it? Yes, it does require a choice. God will not drop healing on you from on high as like a, you know, wouldn't that be nice? Walk outside. Here comes the healing rain. Okay, good. I would love that. But you uh, know, yeah. I think it's more like food. Um, you know, God makes an infinite variety of physical food available, but we have to find it, choose it, take it into our bodies and actually metabolize it. Mm. That's what healing is like for these places we have been harmed. And I feel similarly to Dr. Dan Allender, who I quote in the book, that we have all been harmed in some way sexually. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is something overt and gross, like abuse or rape or something really awful in that kind of trauma. But there's other ways we have been harmed. We have been lied to. We have been promised something that didn't pan out. Early exposure to porn, I would contend, is one of those uh, early harms, however early early is, and, and it can continue. Uh, it can happen in marriage or outside of marriage. I believe marital sexual trauma is sadly far too common. 
And there's all kinds of variety there. So yes, we have experienced stuff being done to us. And then we've responded, sometimes in kind. And sometimes we become our own worst enemies as a result. So I encourage people to look back at the earlier parts of your story that helped set you up for whatever came later. How did you learn about sex? What were your early experiences around that? Some might have been good, some might have been anything but good, and bring that into the light. Bringing things into the light disinfects them. You know, you, you mentioned I'm an OBGYN physician, so, you know, germs, if you bring bacteria into the light, it disinfects them. Mm. And it's the same thing with the shame or pain in our souls. And I encourage people to do that with God and with someone else. There's something powerful that happens in our very neurobiology when we bring our story to another reasonably safe human being and let it be seen. It disinfects the, the hold that that may have on us. Well, this is a fascinating book with a clever title, Sexpectations by Dr. Carol Tanksley. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book we're giving away today here on Everyone Wednesday, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Carol Tanksley is with me, and we're talking about her new book called Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, more of my conversation with Dr. Carol Tanksley about how we can reframe our good and not-so-good stories about God, love, and relationships. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Bottom line show listeners have been so supportive of Preborn, and I appreciate you, and I know that Preborn does as well. Preborn is the Pregnancy Resource Center that offers women uh, options and offers women the truth when it comes to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you were expecting pregnancy and you want to get a free ultrasound, you can go to a preborn clinic as well. It's very easy to do. And every time we donate $28 to the cause, that provides one free ultrasound appointment for someone who may or may not have the means to handle this. Now, Terry in Cathedral City recently called in a $1,000 donation. Thank you so much, Terry, for, uh, for giving us that call, especially out of the Coachella Valley. Also, Dennis in Los Angeles called in a $28 donation. Thank you, Dennis, for that $28. And also, I want to say thanks to Diane in San Diego, a $500 donation. Every $28 you provide means one more ultrasound visit for a woman who may be deciding between whether or not to keep the pregnancy or to keep the child. We are pro-child. 85% of the women who go to preborn and see the ultrasound choose life for their preborn child. And you can give a tax-deductible donation online today to support that cause. Go to kbrightradio.com and look for the preborn banner. Click the banner and make your best donation today. Well, you bring up a really interesting point there, Dr. Carol Tanksley is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, MD and D Men, Dr. Carol Tanksley. Sexpectations is the book, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships is the title. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. 
You know, Dr. Tanksley, one of the things you just mentioned with regard to infection, disease, illness, that type of thing, is when you bring it into the light, oftentimes I think most of us stop at the fact that we're going to see something that we know is there, but we don't want to have to acknowledge is there, rather than what you said a moment ago about when you bring it into the light, not only does it become visible, but it also, that's when the healing begins, because it's yes. you, you, bringing it into the light actually lessens the effectiveness of it. Um, how do we move forward knowing that there are a lot of people in the culture right now, and maybe even some people in the church. You know, when I read statistics, like 54% of women who go to abortion clinics are regular churchgoers. So, I mean, you realize that there, there are some women who are saying, I want to try to get rid of the result of a sexual relationship, whether it's my husband and we just have too many kids, or I stepped outside of marriage and I, I, I don't want this to follow me around. There's a lot of opposition toward people finding healing and restoration, isn't it? How do, how do we stand up to that? Yeah. Uh, I think part of the opposition comes from outside and part within. I want to deal with for the, my first part of the answer with the opposition that we feel from within. I think many, especially churchgoers, have somewhere in the back of their head, well, um, God is either disappointed in me or he dislikes me or he's looking for me to mess up so he can punish me, especially around sex, because mm -hmm. if he doesn't like what I've done, um, then what, what, what's he going to do to me? And, and we imagine God having a dark face toward us. But I would challenge people to remember how Jesus dealt with people and their stories, whatever they were. There are stories in the New Testament about Jesus dealing with people about sexual stuff. And he didn't shy away from it. He didn't deal with sexual stuff as any worse than any other stuff, mm -hmm. frankly. And so Jesus always looks at your story with both honesty and compassion. Honesty means bringing it into the light. You know he knows intellectually, right. but just allow the, the emotional right brain, so to speak, part of you to embrace that he really does. And uh, allow your, your mind and your soul to embrace he sees me and then the compassion. He loves me anyway. There is no part of you that could make him turn away. You can't earn his compassion and you, you can't lessen it by, by doing the complete honesty and deep unfailing compassion. So when we can first embrace that's how Jesus looks at our stories, then we can start offering that to others when we are in a position to offer them the opportunity to see and be seen and allow their story to be healed amazing it's truly remarkable when you think about that and uh, understanding of course that we have to reframe the good and not so good stories about god and love and relationships and have a more healthy biblical uh, worldview of our expectations as it were uh, dr carol tanksley is my guest today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh it's so good to have this conversation with her about this most important resource which we have a link for up at the bottom line show.com uh, okay so moving forward now we realize that there are a lot of people who are hearing this conversation and they're saying, that's great. You're talking to married couples who are dealing with this type of thing because intimacy is an issue for them. But I'm single and I still have those feelings too. You know, maybe I was married before, maybe I haven't been. And I look at the culture all around us and I know there are Christians who are stepping outside of God's biblical requirement for sexual intimacy. What do I do with these feelings? Dr. Tanksley, what, how, what's your best recommendation for the expectations of the Christian single? I'm single too. 
I lived single until I was in my 40s. And then God brought my loving husband into my life. We had a beautiful marriage for seven and a half years. He passed away. So I am living no. single again. Okay. I am not promising that I understand every feeling everybody has, but I do know what it's like to live single mm -hmm. and be wrestling with sex, my sex expectations. And you, you are so right that many uh, people who are, are churchgoers, Christians who are not married are struggling with this. I think the church needs to do a much better job at helping unmarried people deal with these things. I would point you to Jesus, the most fully alive human being, male, ever to walk this earth. He had the sex hormones, the sex drive, the sex organs. He had people around him. Um, and yet he was never married and he never had sex. Would he have been more fully alive if he had been married or had sex? One of the half truths, and I'm going to actually say lies, that many in the Christian church have come to believe or unknowingly promoted is that in order to be a fully alive human, you need to have a happy, sexually satisfied life. And then if you're a Christian, therefore, you've got to be married. Mm -hmm. So if you're not married, you're kind of a second-class citizen or at right. least second-class right. Christian. No. Mm -hmm. That's a common attitude. Do we want right. to say, yeah. yeah, do we want to say that Jesus wasn't a fully alive, quote, <laughs> Christian uh, because point. he wasn't married? That mm -hmm. was actually quite a countercultural way to live in the first century uh, Israel, to be a 30-something man and not be married. Jesus didn't seem to phase him. And, and so we can take that uh as as an example and how did jesus do it first he had 24 7 365 intimacy with his heavenly father it Amen. was the air jesus breathed moment by moment we will need the same but also there was a sense in which that wasn't quotes enough even for jesus he needed truly needed people so my challenge to everyone, but especially to unmarried Christians is, who is your Peter, James, and John? Who is your Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? Who are you connecting with at a deep level? As helpful as a six or eight week book study at church might be, uh, that, that, that doesn't cut it. You need a few people, emphasis on few, who are up in your business, who know your stuff, who challenge you, pray with you, support you, who see you and know you, and you offer them the same. If Jesus needed that, as messy as it was for him, and as messy as it will be for us, how do we think we can get by with anything less? Amen. Boy, that is powerful teaching from Dr. Carol Tanksley today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Sex Spectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You mentioned this at the outset of our conversation, Dr. Tanksley, but I'd love for us to conclude uh, back where we started there with regard to What's the main goal here? What's the, what's the end game when it comes to physical intimacy, when it comes to spiritual intimacy? Ultimately, that begins and ends with our relationship with God. Talk about how what we understand about sex and sexuality and sexual expression really does mirror that relationship more, more fully because, you know, there are married couples right now that are going to seminars going, are we doing it too much? Are we not doing it enough? You know, is, is it supposed to be wonderful? And, you know, the skies part and open every time we do this. What about single people? You know, it, it kind of help us understand what the intimacy factor is first and then how all of this flows from there. Yeah. I would encourage people to remember the already and the not yet. 
because of Jesus, the kingdom of God is available to us in reality here and now. That means that within the body of Christ, as messy as it is, God would call us all to have these kinds of heart-to-heart -heart connections, uh, fully alive in walking this uh, challenging journey that all of us have. If married, that includes physical intimacy. But many people, married or unmarried, think sex is going to fill the need for uh, intimacy in their hearts in a way sex never was designed to do. Remember, God is the original. He is the original expression of what intimacy was meant to be and mm -hmm. what we need in our hearts. Sex in marriage is a good gift. And it's also a earthly, temporary human gift that will not be eternal. But our need and the way we are made in God's image for intimacy will be eternal. So let's start practicing that now. If you are married, pursue that level of intimacy with your spouse. Not every time you are having sex with your spouse is, is going to be the heavens part, but pursue it. And then if you are not married, pursue that kind of heart connection with a few others. And all of that is just an earthly demonstration of what God ultimately desires for all of us. And you alluded to this, Roger, that he built us for intimacy with himself. And there is a dimension of our souls that will only be satisfied with him. Amen. And when we go to all the junk food around it, it never really does. So pursue that with him. And then to remember that there is also a sense in which as good as it gets, it will never be good enough here. As C.S. Lewis said, if we find in our souls a desire that this world can never meet, it's because we were made for a different world. Mm -hmm. So it's holding that intention that there are parts of us that were truly meant for eternity. Yes. Boy, great preaching, great medical advice, great relationship advice, all packed into one conversation. Dr. Carol Tanksley has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her book, Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Tanksley, thank you for the work that you put into this with the medical and spiritual research that has been so beneficial for so many people of the Christian faith who are reading about this and saying, Oh, wow. This is something I'd never really thought about that way before. Thank you for this book, and we highly recommend it. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Mm. It's been wonderful. Thanks for this conversation. And I would love to connect with any of the listeners at yoursexpectations.com. Yoursexpectations.com. Well, this is a lot of food for thought, and we really just kind of scratched the surface on this one, but I'm grateful to Dr. Carol Tanksley for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book that we're giving away today here on the program, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. Eight hundred two two seven five two seven eight is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, you know we talk a lot about nonprofit organizations like our friends at uh, uh, Preborn, for example, and the pregnancy resource centers there that they help to support and give women good information about what happens when you are facing a pregnancy that you didn't really plan on. On the other side of this break, though, we have to, a little bit of a warning here. The American Life League has put together something that they call a charity watch list. And on this list, 
They put charitable organizations into three different categories based on their level of support for what pro-life advocacy group describes as life issues. So which ones are worthy of a donation and which ones are not? We'll take a look at what the American Life League has discovered coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Dr. Carol Tanksley for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About Love, God, and Relationships. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Tanksley has a, an MD. She's served as an OBGYN for many years, but also a doctorate of ministry as well. And I uh, highly recommend this book to you. We have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of the book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, before the break, I was talking about preborn and the fact that we have a $5,000 matching gift from Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services in place right now. And we have dozens of bottom line show listeners who have stepped up. As a matter of fact, last year, between January and the end of September, there were 61 um, ultrasound machines donated to preborn clinics all across the country through listeners like you making donations. And six of them came from the Bottom Line Show. Not putting anything over on Bob Duco or National Crawford Roundtable or anybody else or any of the other places that they advertise preborn. But dang, you guys really stepped up big. Dennis has this $5,000 matching gift in place right now, and your gift today will effectively be doubled. Unless you do up to the 5,000, then that'll be the end of the match. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-BABY, which is 2229, which is 2229. Or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner and make your best donation today. A $28 donation is all it takes to provide one ultrasound appointment that can save a baby's life. So every interval of 28 bucks, 140 does five, 280 does 10, 2800 does 100. You could do the math. 833-850-BABY or go to rogermarsh.com or kbrightradio.com and give your best donation there. Completely tax deductible and 100% goes to ultrasounds. Now, the American Life League, uh, who we've had represented here on the Bottom Line show many times before, has recently done an update to what they call their charity watch list. And they say you got to watch out for organizations that are claiming to support pro-life but actually have ties to or have supported in the past pro-abortion organizations or LGBT advocacy groups. And so the idea here is they've, they've put these groups into three different categories based on their level of support of life issues. Now, an organization that gets a green rated, green color, are considered worthy of a donation for pro-lifers by everyone. They are opposed to abortion. They're opposed to human embryonic stem cell and or aborted fetal body part research, uh, any form of cloning, and other attacks against the human person at any state of development. Now, for example, an organization can also receive a green ranking if they refrain from donating to Planned Parenthood Federation and other pro-abortion organizations. Now, they also have a yellow category in the American Life League charity watch list. And that means this, quoting them here, they may have previously given a green positive or a red negative, but because of a certain policy position that is now in question or can't be verified, they've moved into the green category or the yellow category. So you might drop down 
from green to yellow, or you might move up from red to yellow. Now, the red basically says there, uh, you're unworthy of support of pro-lifers because you either support through theory, advocacy, lobbying, granting, and or research any practices deemed by the American Life League to be offenses of life. Uh, also, to be fair, a charity that's highlighted in red on this list, which we're putting up at thebottomlineshow.com, by the way. Um, if you see a charity highlighted in red, it may be, quite frankly, that either the organization is not clear about their position or they just didn't respond. They didn't answer it. So with that in mind, let's take a look at um, the American Life League's ranking, some of the highlights that jump out here. How about Catholic Relief Services, for example? A majority of the, they looked at 35 uh, organizations that were turned out to be colored in red, and many of them were religious-based. For example, Catholic Relief Services. The report says uh, Catholic Relief Services, CRS, promotes human development by responding to major emergencies, fighting disease and poverty, and nurturing peaceful and just societies. At the same time, however, they support abortion and contraception. Catholic Relief Services has a long history of funding or directly participating with groups who are pro-abortion and pro-contraception. Now, ALL says, while CRS strictly adheres to the teachings of the Catholic Church, their main partners are local parishes and dioceses throughout the world, and they work with other agencies who are not always aligned with Catholic teaching. CRS says it promotes human development by responding to major emergencies, etc., etc., but they also provide contraception, which is a no-no. Here's another one, the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, has Christian roots, of course, was originally founded to, quote, put Christian principles and practices uh, through programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. At the same time, though, two YMCAs as recently as 2023 have been under fire for their, quote, transgender policies. And there are two separate instances where minor girls were exposed to men in YMCA locker rooms because of those policies where the men identified as transgender, and so they were allowed to shower with the girls. It's really crazy. I mean, when you get into the stated gender versus biological sex issue, um, it's just incredible. Um, the YMCA apparently also has been accused of supporting Planned Parenthood. Uh, the YMCA did not respond for a comment. Now, what's really interesting is I get the fact that they want to be careful, does uh, the American Life League. And they'll say, wait a minute, okay, things that you thought were really good organizations like uh, March of Dimes, Girl Scouts of America, or Girl Scouts of USA, they're called now. Th those are things we, should, we can get behind, right? You know, I mean... Uh, Boy Scouts of America. Well, the Boy Scouts of America is no longer the Boy Scouts of America. I think it's called Scouting USA or something. Boys and Girls Clubs of America. I mean, these are all organizations that have in the past enjoyed the benefit of faith and family groups going, those are good groups. But according to the American Life League, the problem with Boy Scouting is now, of course, they're promoting an LGBT lifestyle. Um, so do the Girl Scouts. And the Girl Scouts also promote abortion and contraception. By the way, shameless plug here, if you're looking for an organization for your kids or maybe in our case, grandkids, to be involved in a scouting organization for boys, it's Trail Life USA. 
And for girls, it's American Heritage Girls. Faith-based organizations, basically they are what the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts used to be. Now, here's another interesting... I remember uh, reading a lot about American Heart Association um, and uh, who else? The uh, Susan G. Komen for the Cure Foundation. And Komen always gets great nods for putting their money where their mouth is in terms of cancer research. But they also support human embryonic stem cell research. They financially supported Planned Parenthood, ostensibly to fight breast cancer. Um, they support LGBTQ communities, contraception, etc. Of the 35 lists, there were 15, well, there were 35 that were red-lighted and 15 that were green-lighted for pro-lifers. And I mentioned the American Heart Association, and I'm very happy to, to say that as I'm uh, getting ready for uh, Heart Valve Disease Awareness Day tomorrow, and I'm going to do a nice little uh, appeal to you for uh, that kind of heart health because of my own heart condition. I'm glad to see the American Heart Association is actually on the green list here. Um, they've been given the green light because they do not fund fetal stem cell or embryonic stem cell research. They don't use human cells from IVF or cloning for human reproduction or harvesting tissue. Um, there are 10 uh, different organizations that are in the yellow category. And that's where it's kind of a slippery slope. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about one of them in particular, well, two of them, that uh, might get you thinking twice about where you're going to be stewarding your money when it comes to tax-deductible donations. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law will fight for justice on your behalf. She has to fight because no insurance company will willingly pay what you've lost after an accident. When you're in an accident, you take legal action simply to be restored to where you were prior to your injuries. Money may be needed for medical treatment, financial restitution for lost time at work, or any other thing that you've lost as a direct result of the injury. Stephanie's desire is for justice, to find what was taken from you due to your injury and have it restored for you. Stephanie will become your advocate, passionately helping you make sure that your doctor's appointments are productive, the insurance companies are being honest, and she'll make those calls that you don't have time for. Go with K-Bright's trusted personal injury attorney who will help make you whole again. Stephanie Cover at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R and get back to your life. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're taking a look at the American Life League's watchdog list. Uh, this is their charity watch list for 2024. And it takes a look at organizations that profess to be philanthropic and helpful and maybe even using scripture to back up what they do, but doing so in such a way that, well, um, it doesn't really line up with the sanctity of human life. Uh, we saw 35 of them that got red lights, including the Boy Scouts of America and a variety of others. Um, the Green Light Committee included the American Heart Association, which I was very happy to hear. And uh, th then there's the yellow segment. Oh, Wounded Warriors got uh, a green light as well. The yellow category means either they were really good in the green category, but now they've slipped a little bit, or they're in the red category and maybe they're improving, or it also could mean they get part of it right, but they don't get all of it right. Um, Easter Seals is a yellow category because even though they do great work with people who have disabilities, they also support LGBTQ lifestyle and partner with groups that have anti-life initiatives. Here's another one that you want to be careful about. 
because I know that uh, former President Jimmy Carter, major proponent of this organization, and that is Habitat for Humanity. American Life League says Habitat for Humanity does afford affordable housing uh, through, for, through volunteers and donations, but they also have partnership with groups that support abortion, that support contraception, and the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. It's kind of in the same category as Make-A-Wish Foundation. They do St. Jude's, does a lot of great work, but they also have ties to the Walt Disney Company. All of which to say, as you pray and consider which organizations that you want to support in this coming year, especially this time of year, I encourage you to pray, uh, think very carefully, very thoughtfully about where you're going to steward the resources that you have because at the end of the day, remember, it's not your money, it's God's money. And we're to be good stewards of that. Last call here on this uh, Everyone Wednesday for Dr. Carol Tanksley's book, Sexpectations, Reframing Your Good and Not-So-Good Stories About God, Love, and Relationships. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, not three, not four. No, we do have four copies, okay. Four copies of that book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we uh, wrap things up here for this half hour, I want to thank our listeners from KCBC for joining us for the live edition of the Bottom Line Show on your station. Don't forget Bottom Line Extra tonight at 7, Bottom Line Rewind tomorrow at 10.30. For those who remain on the network, Dr. Jeremy McGarity, former professional baseball player, now the pastor of Skyline Church here in San Diego. We're going to talk about his 10-10-10 initiative for his church and why he had to scrap the whole thing and redo it. It's a good reason. We'll talk about it coming up next as the bottom line continues. Special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show, Dr. Jeremy McGarity, the lead pastor at Skyline Church in San Diego, the Bible teacher that you hear on Skyline Radio every weeknight, 6.30 p.m. right here on K-Bright AM 740 and K-Bright AM 1240 in San Diego, and also 12.30 noon or hour, 12.30 p.m. on KCBC in the uh, Central Valley all the way up through the state capitol. Dr. Jeremy McGarity, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Good to be back with you, Roger. And for those watching on MyHopeNow.com, he's got his baseball cap on because he knows pitchers and catchers have already reported. And that I'm sure that, that is there a part of you that says, maybe I'll take a couple of days and see if I still got it. I mean, well, I just did. As a matter of fact, I was uh, at the Padres fantasy camp uh, last month. Uh-huh. It was a great week. It was just yeah. living it up again as a ball player. And it's yeah. fantastic. You get into baseball and it never gets out of you. Right. I mean, it, it truly, it's truly, it's a, it's a love from the core. <laughs> I think that, well, I think that's awesome. And, and I've noticed, and this is just purely anecdotal. I don't have any sort of statistical evidence to back this up. The best senior pastors were competitive athletes. I think at some point, I mean, at a higher level, you know, like college pro that, that type of thing. I mean, I played little league, right. You know, I mean, I got cut from my high school baseball team. I, I was never on that elite level, but it seemed, it, it, would you, would you concur that there's something about the mindset of preparing for that level of competition that pastors need to have in this? 100%. Era? I think it's something that I, I almost did my doctoral dissertation on that very subject because really? I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed um, the the competitiveness, but also the discipline, yeah. the discipline it takes. And, you know, even with with a- athletics, getting up early, getting on the bus, getting on the plane, you got to you got to have discipline in your life. And if you're a pastor that doesn't have discipline, which I've done a lot of studies on, unfortunately, there's a lot that don't have the discipline and it, it your church will suffer. And so yeah. that's a big one. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's amazing what's happening in churches all across the country. I want to say feast or famine kind of describes what you're you're seeing and what we're seeing here too. The churches that are healthy are growing stronger. It's almost like Jesus is saying, hey, take the five talents or take the one talent from the guy who buried it and give it to the guy with five because your churches are growing, your your campuses are growing at a time when a lot of other campuses are, 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 are shuttering their doors. Talk, talk about how the growth at Skyline is taking place because there's no magic formula for it preach the word in season yeah, and out that's, of season. Yeah, that's really what it's been. And I, I what what I've noticed in a lot of churches, and I'm, I'm a student of, of church, and so I, I love to look into what other churches are doing. And just got off the phone with one of the largest church pastors in America yesterday, and we have the same issue, is is that that's exactly it. A lot of churches, they, they lean so far left, they get so liberal, it becomes a social justice club instead mm -hmm. of truth-telling for life change. And so we certainly noticed that and. You know, it's something where I preach the word and tell them the truth. This is what the Bible says. It's up to you to do it. We can't force anybody to do it. Right. And we emphasize Jesus's words in John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. The blessing doesn't come in the knowledge. It comes in the action of what you know. And so we've been put, putting that in front of our people quite a bit. Our word of the year as a church is wisdom. And so we mm. series on wisdom and we said, wisdom isn't knowledge. That's the beginning. Right. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge. Yes. And so as we talked about that, we really started pouring in more. We now are doing a Wednesday night, once a month men's service, because we just feel like the men in our culture need this so desperately. Um, they need truth. They need truth from the word of God, specifically directed at what they're facing as men. So we're doing that as well. And we're really grateful to see the growth. 107 baptisms on Sunday. Wow. That gets us almost 800, just under 800 in the last calendar year. Oh, my God. It's just such a thrill to see people taking that next step of faith and obedience. And I do think, like, like you said in the beginning, if you give them the word, just tell them what the Bible says, unadulterated, unabashed truth, they're going to do with it what they may. But you mm. can't sugarcoat it. And you can't not talk about the things that are uncomfortable in our culture. And a lot of churches refuse to talk about the things that are killing our culture. And that's why those churches are dying. Dr. Jeremy McGarity is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the lead pastor at Skyline Church in San Diego and the Bible teacher on Skyline Radio, which you hear every weeknight at 6.30 on K-Bride AM 740 in Southern California, AM 1240 in San Diego, and also on KCBC 12.30 p.m. Monday through Friday there on AM 770. You know, you talk about wisdom and, I, and the application thereof, and I think, okay, pastors teaching the Word of God explaining what it says, not trying to politicize it or soften it or water it down or cheapen it. In the same way, I'm coming up on the sixth anniversary of open heart surgery. And I remember that first initial meeting with the surgeon. And I wondered what would have happened if he had said, you know what, it looks kind of bad, but I think you're okay. You know, don't worry about it. You know, that would be that because that nine inch scar, that's going to be so uncomfortable and we have to crack your rib cage. We really don't want to have to do that. We can repair your heart, but well, if we do it, it's going to be painful for you. So I'm just going to back away. You and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah. And I am forever grateful for Dr. Aiden Rady at Hogue Hospital for cracking my chest. And in the same way, you and Pulpit, Jeremy, are doing that same type of thing. You're cracking open the Word of God and saying, hey, let's get down to the heart of the issue. This is the truth. It's not my truth or your truth. It's God's truth. And you're seeing tremendous results from that. Talk about how, I mean, you mentioned the baptism rate, which is phenomenal. That's a decade in the Lutheran church that you had last Sunday. I mean, quite frankly, in terms of baptisms, 
Yeah. Talk about what 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 the discipleship process then has been. I mean, our, people are growing in their faith. They're not just getting baptized and living off the buzz of that. Talk about how right. that's-, that's what we tell them. We tell them all the time that your growth is our goal. Like we truly, your growth is our goal. And so we we God expects progress, not perfection. So we don't mm. make it where it's you know you got to be perfect. You're not going to make any mistake. No, no, no. Two steps forward, one step back. But we have a process. We have a system for people to grow. Call it a core four system. We want to make sure they understand there is a process, a a system to growth you have to get involved with. We set it up for you. We can hold your hand to it, but you've got to take those steps. That's what discipleship is, right? You're not... You're not force-fed, but you have to be willing to take those steps. And so we make sure they understand what does it mean to be a Christian? What does service look like? What does generosity look like? What does it look like for us to think outside of ourselves? Because it's so easy. The longer a church is a church, the more we turn inward and we right. start wondering, is it, how how is this church serving me? Right. And that's the wrong attitude. The attitude should be, how am I serving the world through this church? And am I actually reaching my oikos? That's my relational network, my eight to 15. And those are the basics that we teach every single person for the beginning of discipleship. They can go on. We have doctrine classes. We have eschatology classes. We have a bunch of classes for people with discipleship. But we really want them to make sure they get those four core, those core four classes in them to really help them. It helps launch them into the future uh, for their faith, to help them grow, grow, grow. That's key. Yeah, that's key. And we will find, are those resources located at Skyline's website? I mean, is that yeah, something we can look at? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Okay, good. We will definitely do that. Uh, pastor Jeremy McGarity is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the lead pastor at Skyline Church and the Bible teacher on Skyline Radio. We encourage you to tune in every weeknight at 6.30 here on K Bright AM 740 in Southern California, and also AM 1240 in San Diego, uh, FM 103.3 in National City. You can pick them up there too as well, in addition CBC. Okay, so it's Lent right now. Uh, we're in the 40-day period leading up to Holy Week and Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And so Pastor Jeremy McGarity is teaching on Revelation. Do you think <laughs> maybe the timing of that was, I mean, I- I'm sure you didn't sit down and say, yeah, perfect prelude to Easter, Revelation. Talk about how, why God compelled you to go to that part of Scripture right now. Yeah, great question. So we had a uh, a, it started a year ago with a survey of our congregations and we said, what is, you know, we're going to do a series in the summer called You Asked For It. And mm. so we decided, tell us, tell us what you want to hear about. What are the topics that you're really, really itching? And, and I told them, we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but we'll compile the ones that are most commonly asked for. The sure. number one was the end times. Number wow. one was, I want to know about the book of Revelation and the end times. And so mm. we went through the whole summer and we didn't do the end time series. I said, because this is in such demand, I thought, well, we're going to have to do a whole series on it. I can't just give you a little piece of the end times right. because m- people will get confused, scared, chaos. So I said, let me let me build this whole series for you, and I'll take you from the beginning to the end. And so uh, we started it actually in uh, September. And so we started it, but then the holidays were coming. So I'm sure. like, around Thanksgiving, Christmas, I don't think I want to be talking about the end times. So I told everybody, we're going to pause it. We'll pick it back up in the new year. And so we have to do our word of the year series in January every year. And so we picked it back up here in February and uh, uh, really end of January. And we're we're cranking back up the end time series. It will take us through Easter and actually a little after Easter as well at this Exciting. point. 
Exciting and encouraging too. This th that was that one part of the Bible. Remember, Stuart Briscoe used to say those are the cleaner pages of the New Testament because no one's yeah. taking notes there because no pastors were going there. Yeah. And yet, you, how can you not go there right now? It's an election year. The world has gone mad. I was reading a, an article earlier today about how on Ash Wednesday, a bunch of Georgetown students decided to make it A S whatever Wednesday, and they put butts on their foreheads instead of cross yeah. i've been thinking what well, at a jesuit school for crying out loud but now you can't tell by the distinction by the banner by the name of the school or the church or whatever it has to be by the fruit and pastor jeremy mcgarrity is encouraging this harvest and you're seeing it at skyline church we've got a link for the church and skyline radio up the bottom line show.com more to come in just a moment as the bottom line continues for more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trusts. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out so you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that are based even higher amounts for funds over 250,000. Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. Pastor Jeremy McGarrity is encouraging this harvest, and you're seeing it at Skyline Church. We've got a link for the church and Skyline Radio up the bottomlineshow.com. Uh, you had an initiative that we talked about when we first met, the 10-10-10, and I know things are going and growing well there. Uh, can you give us an update on how things are happening? Yeah, so we're we're, we're in the middle of trying to launch two more, uh, two more campuses, awesome. as well as two church planters that we're working with in our church that uh, we look like they're in the process of learning what that means to plant, but they feel called to plant. So that would be four more. We'd blow past our 10 campuses. Yeah. We are quickly realizing that was a very small vision. <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 churches in 10 years was a very uh -huh. small uh, from what the Lord will do, because that would bring us up to 14 mm. in just two and a half. We're just over two years into wow. it. And That's so phenomenal. those are both campuses of our church. So we have a live satellite feed. We have them in Kansas City. We have them in Arizona. We have them mm. in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, uh, and so those are live, but we also have church plants we've done uh, in Montana, uh, two in Montana, we've done uh, several in San Diego as well. And so it's, uh, it's an exciting time. And in, in one pushback I get from other pastors, and most people are really excited about it, but the pushback I get from other pastors are, well, you're going to, because we always send two or 300 people with them. Right. Whenever we have a plant, we're saying, who wants to go? Let's go. We need at least two or 300 and the pushback is, boy, you're losing a lot of good people, a lot of good givers, a lot, you know, that's the pushback. And I said, you know, every single time we've done this, God has refilled our church more than that two or 300. And wow. I mean, within a month or two, it's incredible the growth that we see by being kingdom minded. Instead of saying, I got to hold my people. I got to No, man, people get on mission. They get excited about a new work and a new area. And if you can get them involved in that. Boy, their their faith gets on fire. They tell other people, and then other people come. <laughs> they may not Amazing. go to the church, they'll come to the church. I mean, it's been incredible to see um, that happening. And so we're definitely adjusting that 10, 10, 10 to probably be 20 or 30, 10, 10. 
I love it. I love it. A little top heavy on the first 10, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jeremy McGarity is my guest today here on the bottom line. He's the lead pastor at Skyline Church, the ever-growing Skyline Church. And you could, of course, worship if you're in the San Diego area or if you're in Nashville or Kansas City listening on the app. Um, we encourage you to, to do so. And, and to check out the opportunities for resourcing that are available online. And uh, we've got the link for Skyline Radio up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're at a time right now, Jeremy, where uh, as people are thinking about Easter, thinking about, you know, maybe inviting people outside of their oikos, as you, as you mentioned, and wondering, okay, well, what if I mess this up? I mean, I'm sure the number one reason why people don't share their faith is they think they have a perfect script to follow. And if they don't get it right, then somehow they're letting God down like the Holy Spirit can't, you know, like God's not sovereign. He's going to get what he wants anyway. Um, encourage yeah. our listeners right now who might say, okay, I'm so excited for you, Pastor Jeremy. I'm going to pray for you. Jeremy, but I don't know if I can do that myself. Yeah, we say it all the time. An invite can change a life. And that's all we ask our people to do. Obviously, there's an opportunity God presents where you can share a little more theologically. Great. But most people aren't real in-depth in theology. And that that's an okay start. You know, it's, you don't have to know all the theology in order to invite someone to church. Right. You no, know, three powerful words, words are I don't know. And sometimes people will ask these questions and people are afraid of inviting someone to church often because they're afraid of the big question. You know, do puppies go to heaven? They're wondering all these kinds of, you know, what if they ask me these tough questions? It's like, you just tell them, I don't know. You don't have to have all the answers. This is one thing I do know. This is what Christ has done in my life. And so we talk about it a lot as a witness, not a defense attorney. You're not there to defend God. You're there to just witness. And a witness mm. simply tells what they've seen. That's all a witness does. And so that's what we're to do as witnesses for Christ is very simply tell them what you've seen, tell them what's happened in your life. That story is way more powerful because you're not a salesperson, you're a satisfied customer. That makes all the difference. And people, that, that just takes the pressure off. It's like, okay, I just tell you what I know. This is all I know. It's like the guy, right? I don't know how he healed me from my blindness. Yes. All I know is I was blind and now I see. That's yeah. all I know. That's you your know. testimony right there. That's yeah. the testimony. Yeah. And so when people recognize and realize that, that pressure falls off and they go, man, I want to invite my neighbor now. I'm going to invite my coworker. And those neighbors and coworkers, those are your oikos. The Bible called in the New Testament is very clear about that. That's your relational network. And, and God has supernaturally and strategically placed these people in your sphere of influence. That's your primary mission field. That's your front burner right there. Let's focus on those. And that's what we've been doing in our church. They have a list. They write out eight to 15 people. All they do is pray for those people. God, would you open their heart? I'm going to invite them to Easter. Would you open their heart? And, and, and it's just been amazing to see what happened. We got to add more services now. It's a great problem to have because we're looking at hiring people. We're like, how are we going to do that? We have to do it. We don't have any more room. Let's do it. And so everyone's like, yep, we got to do it. We got to figure it out. <laughs> I, lo I love it. And it, it isn't, I, I, it seems more logical to me to say, okay, if we're bursting at the seams, we're not going to try to buy more land around us and build something bigger here. You know, I, I, I think of the guy building the bigger storehouses. Rather, yep. your missional attitude has always been, okay, where can we plant another one? Because if we're full here, that means there's room for something somewhere else. And how many people are traveling from all over? the Southland to come to the main campus or to come to one of your satellite campuses here in Southern California. So I love your strategy. I love the approach because it doesn't seem like it's a, we've got this master plan to divide and conquer, but rather it's a, well, okay, God's doing something new. We want to respond. You're really modeling that, uh, putting your faith in action for your congregants. Yeah, we, we are. And we're trying to help everyone consistently understand because there's this 
long-term church competition mindset. We're yeah. in competition with that church. No, we're not. We should be in kingdom mindset. So, you know, I, I tell our church all the time, we get kingdom credit in heaven. We don't get Skyline Church credit. Mm. Oh, what a good job, Skyline. No, did you build the kingdom? That's right. it. That's all. Right. That's what we get rewarded for. And so at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're continuing to send people out because we can't, like you said, we can't keep building a bigger barn. We're just not going to do it. Let's send people out because they are coming from as far away as an hour and a half. And it's like, mm. we, we don't want that, actually. We'd rather, you know, we're glad to have you, but it's like we'd rather have a church in your community that is teaching the word of God, that you're a part of that community and bringing life change to more people in your oikos, because your oikos isn't going to drive with you. You know, when right. you invite someone, <laughs> hey, yeah, come to my church. Where's your church? Well, it's going to take an hour, an hour and a half to get there. But hey, it's going to be awesome. They're like, no, yeah. thanks. And so it's like when you're local, it makes a big difference. And that that number is about 15 to 20 minute drive is your is what our target is. We don't want to go you know, we want to plant beyond 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And so one of our church plants had 83 baptisms last Sunday. Wow. In Point Loma. Oh my gosh. Three baptisms. So it's that just so awesome. that DNA replicating in our area. And they, they reach those people down by the beach. And it's like, okay. yes, we celebrate that. We're not like, oh, of course, we're celebrating the fact that all those people got baptized. And so, I mean, if 41 got baptized in Arizona, Mm. At our Arizona campus, we had 19 in Tennessee. We had eight in Kansas City. I mean, when all of that is happening, you're just like, thank you, Lord. We're just, yes. we're just able to see that life change. Well, and I love the fact that you're picking places because God's leading you. And then mentioned Kansas City and with what went on earlier this week, my goodness, you're right there to minister, to heal, to to, to share, you know, the good news in the face of a tragedy. It just gives me tingles thinking about it. Pastor Jeremy McGarity is with me today here on The Bottom Line Show, lead pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego, but multi-site campuses, their new 301010 yeah, the initiative that they have or whatever. Do I it. mean, you're already halfway there. Let's go. Hey, a <laughs> yeah. practical side now, of course, we are in inland, as I mentioned, of course, Holy Week and Easter coming up. Give us the particulars on the main campus. Of course, everybody can find out the satellite info by starting at Skyline Church's website. But what do you guys have lined up for Holy Week? Yeah, very powerful. We have um, multiple Good Friday services. So we do Good Friday uh, communion. It's more um, focused in terms of I don't want to say somber, but at the same time, it's very reflective. Reflective, it's yeah. It's a time where we just kind of, we pause and we really take in what he went through for us. And it's just, it's a very powerful one hour service. Uh, we have that uh, uh, local campuses here, multiple services, 5 p.m., 7 p.m. And then uh, on Saturday, we have Easter services. And then Sunday, basically all day. <laughs> we just have <laughs> services going on here in San Diego. We're very intentional about that. We feel like, uh, one, our, our auditorium holds 2,000 people, but we we um, don't have enough space for everyone. And so that's why we have so many services. We want to sure. make sure we 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 don't lose anybody. We want right. to, if there's a time that someone can come, we're going to have that time. And so we spread those services out to make sure everyone has a chance to come in, drop their kids off at the mm -hmm kids ministry and come to the services. So yeah, it'll be a very good, good, busy week. Lots of worship, communion, focused on that whole week on what the Lord has done for us. Well, I love the fact that you have so many services, especially on Easter Sunday or, you know, Holy Saturday, because of the fact that it, the spirit works when the spirit works. 
And if someone's, you know, having maybe an Easter lunch with somebody afterwards who didn't go to church and you're raving about how wonderful it was and they're like, hey, wait, I could still get over there. You know, that's, I I love the, oh, shoot, I didn't miss the nine o'clock service. And that was the only one you did. You know, I mean, it's it's nice that you have multiple opportunities, uh, Dr. Jeremy McGarity. How can we pray for you, your family, your team uh, in these uh, next weeks that are very, very strategic for your church, but for the church uh, universal? Yeah, we really do want to see people make a decision for Christ and take that next step. We do see it as that's why we're here. That's really why we do what we do, why we go through what we go through is to reach one more for Christ. And so appreciate your prayers for that as we asked our people to write down the name of at least one person that they would say is impossible. In other Mm. words, there's no way they're coming to church. Mm-hmm. And I was able to share that many of you in this auditorium right now were, were an impossible in years past because we've been doing this every year and right. you're here now because somebody was praying for you. So I would just ask for those prayers that people's hearts are penetrated um, and that that would happen. And then I know we have a lot of people that are, are prayer warriors that are listening now. My wife was diagnosed with cancer, stage two mm. cancer. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate your prayers for that, for healing for her um, and our um uh, hiring of people, you know, it's a wonderful problem to to need yes. to hire more people and bring more people on. We got a lot of volunteers, that's for sure, but we need some specific professionals in certain areas. And if you can pray for that, it's it's not easy to find uh, in this this current state of the world. So we would love to be able to find folks that can help us in the technology production and worship areas for okay. specifically. All right. Challenge accepted. We'll put that out there for our bottom line show listeners. And if you have any questions about the employment side, of course, go to Skyline Church's website and you can find all the information there. Dr. Jeremy McGarity, lead pastor at Skyline Church and the Bible teacher on Skyline Radio, which is heard every weeknight at 630 right here on KBRIDE AM 740 and KBRIDE AM 1240 in San Diego and 1230 in the afternoon, KCBC every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, Jeremy, always great to catch up with you and uh, uh, and go pod. Uh, our team's going to have a good year this year yeah okay it's going to be a it's one of those (laughs) yeah yeah i know well we have no expectations for the angels at all this year the dodgers have all the pressure but you and i could just kind of sit back pass the popcorn if our teams do well love it i tell people the dodgers will probably win 135 games in the regular season and lose in the first round first round of the playoffs right yes am i right with that (laughs) well you know you know there's always one there's one loss and unfortunately well we know who he's a great man of faith too i just wish clayton kershaw knew how to pitch in the postseason i know i know it's just it, who knows how do you get rid of the yep center yeah yes that's true well anyway jeremy uh always a pleasure thanks for being with us today here on the bottom line my pleasure roger thank you Well, it's always great to get these conversational times with Dr. Jeremy McGarity today here on The Bottom Line, pastor, lead pastor of Skyline Church here in San Diego and host of Skyline Radio, which airs every weeknight at 6.30 on Cape Wright AM 740 in Southern California, AM 1240 in San Diego, and then 12.30 noon on KCBC uh, up in the Bay Area as well. Uh, We've got more of it in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. One of the things I appreciate, and I know you do too, about preborn is the fact that they tell you the truth about where you are in pregnancy. You know, it, 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 it's amazing how the National Institute of Health and the CDC wants to classify pregnancy as a quote-unquote illness, so then they can prescribe quote-unquote 
treatment medication in the form of an abortion pill to end the abortion. Well, that's crazy. We know, you know and I know, that God creates each of us in the womb of our mothers. And he creates each of us uniquely for a purpose. And 85% of the women who go to pre-born clinics and they don't hear the, the propaganda from the abortion industry that says you, your two choices are either abortion or misery, that there are three options. And the third one involves basically choosing life for the child and releasing that child for adoption. I want to thank a couple of people for their very generous donations to Preborn. Dean in National City made a $1,400 donation. Dave in Lake Forest, a $500 donation. Uh, and also Edward in Norfolk, Nebraska, who listens online with a 48 monthly dollar donation. Uh, go to kbrightradio.com. Click on the pre-born banner and make your best donation today. It's completely tax deductible. 100% of your donation goes to ultrasound technology. And we're saving lives and saving babies through pre-born. Click on kbrightradio.com. Hit the pre-born banner today. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jeremy. Appreciate the time today. We're praying for your wife and her continued good health and for your congregation and for your family as well. And thank you for bringing the truth to the pulpit. Uh, I saw a very interesting, by the way, the Skyline Radio link and Skyline Church link up at thebottomlineshow.com. And of course, you can learn more about Skyline Church. If you click through on kbrightradio.com, we've got a link for Pastor Jeremy McCarity's uh, teaching program uh, to Skyline Radio, which airs every weekend at 6.30 p.m. right here on Kbright um, AM 740 and AM 1240 and FM 103.3 in National City. Um, I saw a headline that I thought was very interesting, speaking of what Dr. McGarry was just talking about. And uh, it was someone who, remember when Donald Trump won the White House in, in 2016, his campaign was, we're going to drain the swamp. Washington's become this kind of sewery swamp, and we're going to drain the swamp. Well, there, one pastor wrote an op-ed piece that showed up in the Christian Post recently that said, hey, forget about draining the swamp, it's time for us to drain the pulpit. And I thought, wow, and he proceeded to just kind of lay out a reason for why so many churches need to rethink how they're doing ministry, rethink pastors need to rethink their calling, either people who should be in the pulpit but aren't, or people who are in the pulpit but shouldn't be. May we always be people of self-reflection. The best description I have for God's word is it's this, it's a mirror. People say, is it a bunch of rules and regulations? If I do all these things, will God bless me? Well, that was the old covenant. The new covenant is you will abide in Christ by showing him and everyone that you're obeying his commands, but you're not obeying his commands to curry favor to secure your salvation, rather to let everybody know that that salvation that you profess is in fact real. But the beautiful thing about scripture is you hold it up to your heart and it is like a mirror. Now you can see what's in my heart and then see what's in God's word. What does God expect from me and am I delivering? But the key component here is not to say, okay, well, if I do these things, I've checked off all the boxes, I did my honeydew list for God, and now I'm going to be a Christian in good standing, but rather to see why is my heart feeling a certain way? I know as I'm just getting kind of back into an exercise routine, been a couple of years where I've done the bare minimum. I'm going for a walk today. I'll go for a walk three times a week, and that's, that's good enough for me. Instead of saying, wait a minute, there was a time when I was in the gym four times a week, where I was on the bike five days a week, where we played tennis a lot, we were doing a lot more. And I know that the one thing that kept me from doing so is my mind. I didn't want to, I mean, simply put. And now that desire is coming back, the question is why wouldn't you want to? I mean, you can't just get by by kind of going through the motions, but that's not what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to survive, he calls us to thrive. And he gives us an opportunity to do that each and every day by placing our faith in him, 
trusting him and then following him where he leads us, doing what he commands us to do. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.